you beyond the borderline this is a podcast dedicated to exploring in a realistic and hopeful way what it's like to live with borderline personality disorder and other mental health problems. My name is Aline and I am your host for this podcast. I want to issue a proviso at the beginning of the podcast which is that this is absolutely not a substitute for professional mental health and or medical intervention. So please seek out those sources of support if you need them. And I also want to mention that I will be discussing topics such as self-harm and suicidal ideation and addiction that may be triggering for a number of people. I aim not to discuss those topics in a detailed way as I don't really think that adds anything to the discussion and does not really fit in with the mission of this podcast. However, in a spirit of being authentic about my life with borderline personality disorder, those topics will be mentioned in this and subsequent episodes. And I will do my best to issue trigger warnings before I start discussions about those or other potentially triggering topics. Hello everyone, welcome to another late episode of Beyond the Borderline. I don't know if you can hear but there are birds chirping outside my window which is really nice. Thanks for bearing with the lateness of this episode. I'm going to be honest with you, I've been struggling to find a topic to talk about because I've been in a pretty negative space since the lockdown started. Luckily it has started to ease off a bit as in my mood has lifted and and I don't feel as depressed as I was feeling a couple of weeks ago. So if you have been struggling or beating yourself up for not fulfilling your expectations during the lockdown, please know that you're not alone. This is a difficult time full stop. I don't think anyone, even the most stable and balanced among us, are going to come out of this lockdown unscathed. That said, the focus of this podcast is on bringing you useful and practical tips to help you manage living with BPD or EUPD and other mental and emotional health problems. As always, please remember that I share suggestions from a peer perspective of lived experience and that this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical and mental health care. So what is this episode about? Well, since I am frankly struggling to motivate myself, I thought it would be fun to turn this episode into a kind of group project that we can do together. Therefore, this month, I'm going to be discussing the benefits of a coping toolbox and I will be discussing how to put one together so that you can use it to help you manage challenging times, including the this particularly challenging period that we're facing throughout the world. I heard about the concept of a coping toolbox through an online DBT peer support group. I'm not sure where the concept originated from. However, I do know it is a fairly commonly used therapeutic tool that is often suggested to people who struggle with suicidal and self-harm urges and impulsive behaviour. It is also used to help children develop healthy coping tools. In the episode notes, I 
have posted links to several articles on coping toolboxes and how to create them in case you want to research the topic in more detail. Before I discuss how to create your own coping toolbox and what to put in it, let me tell you a bit more about why a coping toolbox can be a useful tool, repeating words there, to have in your arsenal. As someone with BPD, I struggle with certain symptoms, including dissociation, impulsive urges to act destructively, identity confusion, and rapid mood shifts. Now, I'm pleased to say that these symptoms have all drastically reduced through a combination of therapy, medication, peer DBT skill learning, and peer-led substance abuse recovery groups. All these inputs have allowed me to live my life in a way that is more supportive of my mental and emotional health. Nevertheless, I do still struggle with BPD at times, particularly with mood shifts and sometimes with identity confusion and sometimes with impulsive urges. I find that I dissociate less than I used to. When I do experience these aspects of borderline personality disorder, having a coping toolbox to reach for is a great help. Now, full disclosure, I don't currently have a coping toolbox, which is why I thought this would be a good episode topic because it will get me to make one myself along with you out there listening, hopefully. Why is a coping toolbox so useful? Well, having meaningful items that you can use to ground yourself, remind yourself of who you are, self-soothe, and find ways to tolerate difficult situations you can't or don't want to avoid is a great way of looking after yourself and of validating yourself. The advantage of a coping toolbox, in my opinion, is that when you have a kit ready to use that you associate with self-care, it's easier to access the skills that you need to soothe yourself and treat yourself well in a way that will not make any symptoms that you experience worse and that will actually help to ameliorate them. And another great thing about a coping toolbox is that you can really customise it to suit your own needs. You can be very creative when you make a coping toolbox. And in this episode, I will give you some ideas about what to include in your own box. Just an aside about the inevitable COVID-19 topic. During this unprecedented time, we are all being asked to isolate ourselves and drastically reduce our contact with the outside world. Although in London and the UK at least, there are some lifting of restrictions on being around other people outdoors. It's really inevitable in my opinion that most of us whether or not we have mental health issues, we'll find ourselves struggling. Even if you haven't thought about creating your own coping toolbox before, it could be a really useful thing to put together, both for the current situation and just in general to help you cope with challenges like intense emotions and thoughts and self-harm urges and triggering situations. Let's face it, we're probably all, at least those of us with BPD, are going to experience these things to one degree or another, even after the lockdown eases off. The first thing you need for a coping toolbox is clearly a box. So maybe you have a nice box lying around at home, something special and meaningful that you could use. If you don't, you could use a shoebox or a plastic food storage box. You could really get creative by decorating it, let's say painting it, 
or pasting images or letters onto it. You could also use or make a fabric bag in a material you like. The possibilities are endless and the main thing is that the box or the bag or the container is meaningful to you. It can pretty much be whatever you want it to be. If you want your toolbox to be accessible when you're out and about, you could either make one for home and another one that's portable that you can throw into your handbag or rucksack or whatever you use to carry your essentials when you're out and about. Uh, one tip for the portable one is to use a small tin or you could even use something like an old glasses case, which is actually quite a nice size for some small coping tool items. You could decorate the glasses case in a really cool way. I'm sure you could paint it. You could do all kinds of stuff. So just get creative. So what do you put into a coping toolbox? Well, you can really put anything you want into it. The idea is that you have things in this box that are comforting to you in one way or the other and that help you to regulate your emotions and to self-soothe and to perhaps distract yourself when you're feeling ungrounded or dysregulated or when you have urges to harm yourself or to do something destructive. You could have smooth pebbles, you could have crystals, you could have a little journal that you can scribble notes down in, you could have affirmation cards, you could have photos of people and animals that you love, you could have little figurines, you really could have absolutely anything you want. It's just something that's personal to to you and that brings you comfort. Now if you want some specific ideas about what to put in your toolbox then you could have a think about the following ideas. Self-soothing with the senses. Self-soothing with the senses is one of my personal favourite ways of calming myself down when I'm particularly anxious, overwhelmed or angry and it actually works quite well for me when I'm feeling numb or when I, I'm experiencing sort of numbness and emptiness that is part of BPD. To add in items that you can use to soothe your senses, think about what you can include to soothe each one of your senses. For example, you could add essential oils for smell. You could add sweets or chewing gum for taste. You could add a smooth stone or a crystal or some other textured item for touch. You could use a bell or a rattle or you could even have a music playlist that you find comforting for sound and to soothe yourself visually you could have postcards of art that you like or you could have a photograph of something that holds good memories for you. What you want to do is to think of portable items you can use to soothe each one of your senses healthily and then you want to put them in your toolbox. As is the case with any coping skill or strategy whether it be DBT based or otherwise what you want to do is you want to start practicing using these tools when you're not highly dysregulated. So the idea of doing that is that by practicing using a skill or a coping tool when you're perhaps mildly or moderately dysregulated or distressed, it makes it easier to access that skill when you're in a very high state of in intense distress. Because when we're overwhelmed emotionally it becomes harder to remember in the moment 
that, oh, wow, I can reach for this and this is going to help me. We tend to, unless we've practiced healthy coping strategies, we tend to kind of go for the thing that we're familiar with, which can often be self-destructive. So this is a really nice way to practice self-care, I think, is you have your items that you can use to soothe your senses. You can do that whenever you want. You could do it when you're lying in bed in the evening, or you could take breaks during the day to practice doing that. It's a really nice thing to do, and I highly recommend it. So another way to think about what to put in the toolbox is to consider identity confusion, which is part of BPD for many of us with BPD. The way to counteract that with a coping toolbox, in my experience, is to include in that toolbox things that remind you of who you are. If you dissociate, for example, or if you experience identity confusion where you kind of lose track of yourself or you get confused between yourself and other people's likes and dislikes, let's say. A nice item to add to a coping toolbox is a written list of things that you enjoy or like about yourself or value or all three of those. This is also a really great thing to have to hand when you're thoughts are particularly self-punishing or self-critical. A quick and easy and simple way to very concretely challenge those kind of negative thoughts is to take out that list and have a look at it. It might not make you feel better immediately, but with practice, what seems like a very simple tool can make a big difference. So as an example, a few years ago, a therapist I saw had me think about my assets. I came up with some assets and some of them were perseverance, empathy, creativity, curiosity, sense of humour. I ended up writing down each asset in permanent marker on a smooth pebble and I had those pebbles near my bedside and when I was particularly distressed or I felt self-loathing or I felt triggered I would look at them and I would pick them up to comfort myself and they really helped. The thing that was quite nice about them is they combined different aspects. They, They had the element of self-soothing myself with touch because I was holding the smooth pebbles and I was also soothing myself by looking at these assets that my therapist had helped me to identify and uh, it was looking at those was a way of reframing some of my negative self-judgments. So that's just one idea. You could also make a list of people or achievements or things that are meaningful to you. For example, you could write down people you care about and who you know care about you and that can be quite useful if you're in very black and white thinking where, for example, you find yourself thinking, no one cares about me, no one loves me, you know, we we can go as people with BPD into that very black and white thinking. It can be helpful to actually challenge those thoughts by looking at a list and going, oh, actually, this person cares about me and this person cares about me. It could be an animal. You could also write down places that you love to go. Perhaps you love going to the sea or there are particular 
cities or towns that you enjoy going to that you have good memories of. Write all that stuff down and you can be as creative as you want. You could write them down on a piece of paper and put them in your coping toolbox. You could have postcards of different places that you like or that you associate with positive memories and positive experiences. The thing that's so cool about this tool, the coping toolbox, is that it is really creative. And I think those of us with BPD are very often quite naturally creative. So this is really the perfect uh, thing to do, I think, for those of us with BPD. I think it's a really cool, cool project. Another way to remind yourself of who you are is to find a doll or a stuffed toy or a figurine that represents you or perhaps represents if you are someone who has a particular faith or is spiritual or religious. You could have a figurine that represents that part of you, your faith that you can hold or speak to when you are feeling very ungrounded. Now the next suggestion for a coping toolbox, and this is probably my favourite one, is creative supplies. For me personally, one of my go-to strategies when I'm struggling is to get creative. I make jewellery, so I have a home studio and I have tools and I have materials at my disposal disposal most of the time. But I'm finding during the whole lockdown that I am much less motivated at the moment than I usually am to make jewellery. And at first I was getting really frustrated with this and I was beating myself up about it. And I was actually getting quite fearful that I wasn't making as much as I usually make. What really helped was to just radically accept that I was doing the best I could and expending quite a lot of energy just on keeping myself as stable as possible and keeping up some sort of routine in my day. And I started doing things like jotting down notes and doing a bit of journaling and uh, I did an online course which has been really helpful. So in short, I turned to other ways to be creative that were a little easier to access for me. That's where having some creative supplies to hand in a coping toolbox can be a really nice way to have those creative outlets available to you immediately. If you're looking for suggestions for creative supplies, you could have coloured pens, pencils, glitter, blank cards. You can buy packs of blank index cards online from Amazon or eBay. You could have glitter, you could have a little journal, you could have fabric and needles and thread if you're someone who sews. You could have modelling clay, you could have images that you've printed out from your laptop or cut out from a magazine or you could have postcards. You really have endless possibilities. Think about what you like to do creatively and if you don't necessarily practice expressing yourself in a creative medium then you know try something out. Maybe grab some pencils and start doodling, have a little pad or a nice notebook that you can use. You could even make a notebook by taking some sheets of paper and creating a cover and stapling them together it's just a case of using your imagination. So creative supplies are highly recommended in your coping toolbox. So you could also have some tools in your toolbox that help you to reframe negative thoughts. I've already mentioned the concept of writing down your assets, writing down things that bring you joy or that evoke positive emotions in you that you can turn to if you're experiencing uh, particularly distressing 
self-judgments. So that's a really cool way to reframe negative judgments. Another way to do that is to make your own positive affirmation cards. Now, there are loads and loads of lovely ready-made decks of affirmation cards that are available. I'm sure you'll know where to find them. And if you don't, just type in positive affirmation cards or positive affirmation deck into Google and you'll find loads and loads of different options. And some of them are very beautifully illustrated. So choose something that's meaningful to you. But if you want to get extra creative, you could actually make your own. And the nice thing about that, obviously, is that, of course, you can decorate them yourselves, but you can also really personalise the affirmations to suit you. That makes them extra meaningful. I'll give you an example of something that's quite personal. Someone told me about a meditation that is available on YouTube, I think, and it just is titled fuck it. So the meditation is titled fuck it. And I thought that was a really cute way of um, creating a meditation that's a little bit different and it's a little bit rebellious. And it got me thinking that it would be really cool to make some affirmation cards that were unique and personal to me and a little bit rebellious and that I could draw on when I feel really distressed. That is definitely something I'm going to try doing. And I'd be really interested to hear about your efforts if you do decide to use this skill. And in fact, I'll try and post some of mine in the Twitter feed for Beyond the Borderline. Something else you could do to help you challenge or reframe negative thoughts, i.e. a tool that you could have in your toolbox, is to write down compliments that you've received or ways that you've been noticed in, in, in a way that boosted your self-esteem in a healthy way. So we're not talking about kind of negative attention that comes from acting out or from acting in a way that is not coherent with our values. I'm talking about ways where you've done something that's been appreciated, that fits within your values. And we have all done things that have caused us to be appreciated by other people. We all have qualities. We all have qualities that are valuable to other people. I think when we are in that space of just self-hatred and when things feel really difficult, we can forget that. So writing that down, if you feel brave, you could even ask your friends and family or whoever you consider to be in your personal support circle to share with you one thing they value about you. And then you could write that down and you could make a note of it. And um, that could be a really cool way to have something to hand that you can use to challenge your negative thoughts and self-judgments. And it's also a way to feel connected to people that you care about. You know, if you've got these things written down uh, that have been expressed to you by people who care about you, it can be quite nice to look at those when you feel lonely or sometimes I feel quite abandoned. And the reality is not that I've been abandoned. It's that I've been triggered in some way. Reminding myself about people who care about me can be a real help. Now, the other way that you can think of using tools in a coping toolbox is for distraction. Sometimes, in my experience, I can't do much other than distract just to bring the intensity of my distress down. I'm not in any place to start reframing judgments or looking at 
the facts of the situation and distinguishing the facts from my own assumptions and interpretations. I just literally need to distract myself because I'm really struggling or I have urges to self-harm or my thoughts are turning really dark or any number of combinations of those. So distraction is a short-term way of dealing with all of that. It's not something that I would use or that is recommended as a long-term solution because whatever the issue is, I am going to have to face it. I am going to have to face it at some point or another. So I use distraction. I was going to say I use distraction when I can't do anything about a particular situation that I'm really distressed about in the moment. I will be honest and say I sometimes use distraction more than I need to. Sometimes I will like mindlessly distract on social media, for example. But, you know, I'm not perfect. And um, the fact is this, that distraction is a very useful tool, as far as I'm concerned, in moderation. There are so many different ways that you could distract that are portable and that would fit into a coping toolbox. A couple of suggestions. If you're someone who likes puzzles or crosswords or Sudoku or anything like that, you could have some little books of Sudoku or yeah, whatever else it is you like. You can get crossword books and you could have those to hand in your coping toolbox. You could just grab those out and start looking at those and working on those if you want to distract yourself. You could also have a list of films maybe or you could have a book that you're reading. You could have um, you could have something like a Rubik's cube. I'm really showing my age there. Something basically that is kind of intricate and that you have to focus on wholeheartedly. And that can be a really useful way to distract yourself and in an emergency get your mind off whatever it is that you're obsessing about or ruminating about or having urges to act on. You could also have, if you are interested in DBT and you want to learn more about DBT skills, you could have a list of DBT skills that you put onto, let's say, index cards or flashcards and have in your coping toolbox. Or if you have some favourite coping strategies, you could write those down and put them in your toolbox too. You could even laminate cards if you want to make them more durable and waterproof. There are so many ways that you can use a coping toolbox and so many different things you can put into it. Honestly, it's one of my favourite things to use. And at the moment, I have lots of different things in my environment, in my flat that I automatically turn to to soothe myself or to distract myself or to kind of remind myself of who I am and to reframe my negative thinking. But I don't actually have them gathered up into a coping toolbox. So I definitely want to follow my own advice and to make a coping toolbox over the next few weeks. I hope this episode has inspired you to try out the coping toolbox for yourself and to make one and I would love to see all your creative efforts. I'm quite sure that you're going to make some really cool boxes. You can tweet your images to me if you want at Beyond the Border 3. That's on Twitter and that's at Beyond the B-O-R-D-E 3. 
or just look for Beyond the Borderline on Twitter. Before I go, I would like to remind you that if you haven't done so already and you get value from the content I put out on this podcast, please do take a few moments to write a review on your podcast network, whether that's iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whichever one you listen to, because it really, really makes a difference to the exposure that this podcast gets and it helps the content to get to more people who might benefit from it. You can also leave me a voicemail which would be really cool. I'd love to hear from you and I'll include links on my Twitter page with information on how you can leave a voicemail and I will play those voicemails in the episode unless you tell me that you don't want them to be played in the episode. So please do consider leaving a voicemail. If you have any suggestions for topic episodes or if you have any feedback about the podcast as long as it's constructive you can always tweet me beyond the border three definitely get in touch and stay connected I love hearing from people I love hearing your feedback and I've had some really lovely reviews and feedback so far and it's a real gift to know that this podcast is helpful to other people out there with BPD and mental health issues And uh, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. So thanks again for being patient. I'm aiming to get the next episode out within the next three weeks. I hope to have some episodes with guest interviews coming up, which is going to be really exciting. As always, I wish you a peaceful 24 hours ahead and at the very least a few peaceful moments in your day. Peace out. Bye.